This is exactly right. Scotty, you ready? Oh, I'm very ready. I'm in a great mood and ready to have so much fun today. Here it is. Norway warns residents to stay away from Russian spy whale. Oh, I didn't know where it was going till the last <laughs> word of that headline. All right, well, <laughs> let's see. We'll take a deep dive and try not to blow it out our holes yes. in this episode of Bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I'm Kurt Brownoller. That is the great Kurt Brownoller. I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. You're welcome to join us and escape everything that's stressing you out today. Just throw it away for about 55 minutes. And we're very excited because mm. today we have mm. a such a special guest, Scotty. I agree. Uh, our guest today is a fantastic DJ, voice yes. artist, and singer. Okay. Uh, she's also the co-host of KCRW's legendary music program, Morning Becomes Eclectic. I she's heard of become it. a household name if you live in Los Angeles. Please welcome Novena Carmel. Woo! Yay! <laughs> Welcome to Bananas. I'm so How excited. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm a little nervous. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to, like, say good things, you know, like, really just nail it. <laughs> nope. You do Not that. this podcast. You do that every morning for four hours straight. Like, like this is this is a breeze compared uh, to what you normally do. Here's hoping. You keep it in the air so well. I enjoy listening to you every single day. Oh, uh, thanks. And it's a, it's a real treat. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for listening, as we say. Mm. <laughs> thanks for inviting me. <laughs> do you have to adjust your, is your, do you go to bed at night at 8 p.m. is what I was going to get down to. That's the ideal. Um, I have, uh, well, my, I have like a little sleep reminder set on my iPhone and it goes dun, dun, dun every day at 9.59, which means I'm supposed to go to bed at 10, which is yes. more so like what happens is like start getting ready at 10 and Ooh. and then I'm like in bed watching Naked and Afraid, and I'm not tired anymore. I get tired at eight, and then when I'm in bed, I'm not tired. So yeah. it's like I end up going to bed at like ten or eleven, and waking up at five thirty or six, which I'm still trying to do better. But you know, just mm -hmm. can't win at everything in life. I know that is my everyday life as well, <laughs> and so I feel your deep, deep pain. Every day you wake yes. up, and you're like, I'm going to do better tonight, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, well, every I day I wake up at 5.30 or 6, and I don't want to be up. <laughs> it's like it you're being born brutal. into the world, like a vacuum just sucked you out of dreamland. <laughs> um, we've known each other since you, you, used to, you used to work at the Virgil. You used to book for the Virgil, where we did Hot Tub for, I don't know, eight years or something like that? Yeah. Um, and then it's so cool <laughs> to, see, to see you ruling the world now. It's funny, because I... I remember like doing that and it, it, I was booking the Virgil, but then um, 
you know, the the show that you did was produced by somebody else. So it wasn't like we really directly interacted. And I remember you guys would like stand behind the bar during the show. And then I would go there and stand there too. And I'm like, do they think I'm just like a random person? <laughs> like, do, you know, it's like, do they know me yet? <laughs> but that's yeah, the coolest place to stand. I loved like whenever I would go to that hot tub, I would just sneak over there because Kurt and Chris were always there and very supportive at laughing. And the bartenders, to their credit, never gave me shit for standing there it was like it felt like you were somehow still in the green room even though you were right out in public with everybody else exactly yeah you know (laughs) i look back on that as now like the the real sweet spot you know Mm. like pre-pandemic virgil was like oh it was just so fun and nice and now it's all different and Mm -hmm. oh well so many things have changed everything's changed (laughs) not Um, me so (laughs) Do you want to hear about this uh, this whale? Yes, I need to know about this whale. Spy whale. I need to know. This is all right. Here it is. Norway. This was sent in by Christopher Thorpe. Thank you, Christopher, Thank on Instagram. You, Christopher. you can always send all of your stories to uh, us uh, on our Instagram, the Bananas Podcast. Just DM us, or you can email us, the Bananas Podcast at gmail We don't care. This is from um, unfortunately. Okay. You know, when I say unfortunately, where do you think it's from, Scotty? New York Post. Hell yeah. Here it is. <laughs> Norway warns residents to stay away from friendly whale suspected as Russian spy. Uh, <laughs> this is by Natalie O'Neill. She's who good. A lot of people say mm. she's good, but I say <laughs> what? she's the best in the business. Ooh. Yeah. She knows whales. And. The reason is is for this opening line. There's something fishy about this whale. Boom. <laughs> Wrong species. Wrong Whales species. aren't fish. We know that. Nor- Norwegian government officials have warned residents steer clear of a friendly beluga whale that experts say may be a Russian spy swimming along the country's coastline. The adorable sea creature nicknamed Vladimir, which was first <laughs> spotted in 2019 wearing a harness branded St. Petersburg with mounts for an underwater camera, no leading way. experts to believe he was trained by the Russian Navy. Uh, the suspected slippery secret agent thank right. you, popped up again recently in the densely populated area. I think this garbage truck is going to be picked up by me. So hold on one second. That's okay. <laughs> it's coming in on my mic. Sorry. I have the garage door open so that my my beautiful wife can still access the internet while we record. Mm, okay. That's nice. So this... she can look out the window and see her strapping <laughs> husband at a standing desk podcasting over Zoom, even though COVID is over, even though we could easily all do this in person since we're all L.A. based. She's just cleaning those windows with a rag and Windex smiling at the man who gave her two beautiful children. She can't get that window clean enough. <laughs> and refuses to put the cars in the garage. Does your wife ever pinch uh, her butt? Great pinch question. my butt? Yeah. I wish. I would love it if my <laughs> wife pinched my butt. I'm going to I'm going to ask her to to start. I'm going to ask her to start. Um I don't really think I pinch her butt too much cuz I don't think she likes it. Mm. Um give it a nice pat, Kurt. A nice loving supportive pat. <laughs> like a baseball player after somebody hits a double and he just a gives pat? a nice little pat on the rump. But also a pat like a like a light pat <laughs> is a funny thing. You know just like there. Like a, like not fast. A slow light pat is so much different. 
It almost means hurry up. Like, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, back in here. This is back to the slippery whale. secret agent popped up again recently in the densely populated area area of inner Aldersford, <laughs> sure. where he has been following boats and making a splash with folks on board. Um, um, Frank Bennett, Frank Frank Baca Jensen, director of the agency, urged residents to avoid contact with Vladimir for the mm-hmm. safety of the animal, even though he's tame and used to being around people. Quote, we especially encourage people in boats to keep a distance to avoid the whale being injured. So they don't want the spy to be injured. That's nice. Wow. Very nice. Um, the aquatic mammal, blah, 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 blah. Uh, in recent weeks, the whale has been foraging for food at farms, <laughs> uh, salmon farms, I guess. And Havladimir, whose cheeky nickname is a combo of the Norwegian word for whale and the Russian president Vladimir Putin, won't be captured by officials despite his possible ties to the country. Quote, we have always communicated that the whale, this is such a Norwegian way to say this, and I love it. Mm. We have always communicated that the whale in question is a free-living animal, and we see no reason to capture it and put it behind barriers, Baca Johnson said. His movements will, however, be monitored by marine officials. They took the harness off of him, <laughs> so a diver went down and removed the harness, it looks Amazing. like. Um, Born the whale free. Was first, the whale was first discovered by a fisherman in 2019. Because he was rubbing his body against his boat. (laughs) Um, At the time, marine biologists and others told CNN and the critter was clearly a trained animal from Russia with one of his harness clips reading equipment, St. Petersburg. I know. Fueling the theory that the fish may be a mole. The Russian Navy has been known to train belugas to conduct military operations. Um, Whales trained by the Russian military are generally tasked with guarding naval bases helping divers and finding lost equipment, but can be used for other purposes, he said. Don't we fuck this whale? Don't they speak Russian to this whale and turn it against (laughs) Russia? Like, this seems like a very easy fix. Start speaking Russian to it. If it responds to that, convince it to go back the other way and do counterintelligence. It seems like a very easy fix to me. They know so much about the whale, too, and I'm, like, trying to follow what, elements are confirmed like they're like stay away from the whale because you could be bothering it and they keep it keeps coming back to the russian thing which i feel like they're they're not sure they think it might be and i and did we did they say based on what yeah, it has a harness on it that was said equipment St. Petersburg. They're, oh, they're Maybe. like okay. Oh, it was okay. like made. The harness was made in St. Petersburg, so it was a Russian harness that he was wearing, and it was a harness to equip a. Why would it? it? Why would it? If you're trying to be a spy, like Thank put St. Petersburg across the harness. That's right. <laughs> Wouldn't Maybe you put like Norwegian? Whale. Maybe he goes to leather bars. <laughs> Maybe that's his cutest outfit where gay leather bar whales hang out. We can't. <laughs> We can't just assume. It's so judging. Yeah, what are they going to put Russian spy on his collar with That's a little That's basically bell? what they're saying that they think it is based on that. <laughs> like, it would be a spy if it had Norwegian written on it, right? Yeah. If, if it, it would be a good spy <laughs> if it had Norwegian written on it. Also, is anybody other than the Russians training beluga whales to do this business? I'm sure we are. I guess we are. If they're doing it, we're doing it, right? I worked at SeaWorld, and I've never heard of whales being trained like this. (laughs) When did you work at SeaWorld? Let's talk SeaWorld. Weird place. Weird place. I worked at SeaWorld San Diego when I was Uh 15 for the summer. And I oh, got wow. around. <laughs> yeah. What was it like? What it, was it like 
at SeaWorld. Well, I remember I was making minimum wage, five seventy-five an hour, and oh, I was boy. like, I am in the money. I think I worked full time all summer <laughs> and I made like fifteen hundred dollars and I was like, Oh my God, what am I gonna do with all this money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is pretty rich. <laughs> yeah. Um, saw a lot of great shows. Uh, what did you do? What did, what did you do? Well, I was a, like a rotating staff person, uh, mostly in the hospitality department. I worked at a restaurant okay. called Cascades. And yeah. it was actually like so much fun. I worked in the kitchen, um, so I didn't really have to interact with people. And uh, they were constantly making like fresh grilled chicken out on the patio. And they would send it back to us. And like one of my jobs was to shred the chicken. And it was like... One shredded wow. chicken for you, one piece for me. Like just eating as I shredded yeah. and everything like that. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah, that's like an interesting behind the scenes <laughs> look. I mean, okay, we all agree that SeaWorld is a prison for most animals that are there, and they should set all the ones that could survive free. We're all on the same page. <laughs> Didn't know it but then, isn't it but funny? yes. <laughs> like so, killer whales were all like, "Yes, let go of them." Dolphins were like, "Get them back out there." And then at some point, the animals get smaller and smaller. And at what point do you look at a fish and go, "It's fine that it's here." Mm. He mind. It, it doesn't mind. <laughs> There was also there horses there. There was like Mustang horses at the SeaWorld for some reason. Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> oh, I wonder if they still have. It should be called SeaWorld and a couple horses. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of teenagers working for free, basically. <laughs> That's so funny. SeaWorld and a couple horses. <laughs> and all the shredded chicken. Just hand shredded chicken. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> I do have another whale story for later. Oh, so sure. if you have a horse story, we could call this episode SeaWorld and a couple of horses. <laughs> Man, I'll start digging as we go through. Right, do I have Google. any horse stuff? Strange horse stories. Oof. Give me a story. Give me a story before you find a horse thing. Okie dokie. All right. Um, Novena, you know music. You've heard of music before, right? Oh, yes. A lovely passage yeah. for many. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard of it. It's pretty cool. I like listening to it's music. It's like cool, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to tee you up to think of stories, too. Maybe, I know you're in, you've been in many bands. You've performed at places like Coachella and concerts all over the you've place. You've read my bio. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I do it. Um, this Taylor Swift fan ate nine hot dogs at her concert, one for each era, and says he definitely did not feel great afterward. <laughs> So this is news. For each era of what? I guess Taylor. Taylor's had nine eras of her music, oh. I suppose. Okay. Tay-Tay. Okay, I don't this know enough sent- about Taylor Swift to know <laughs> if that's accurate or not. Or maybe he was like, they're self-defined eras. <laughs> <laughs> the ones I've subscribed to her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost wish it was for no reason. I'll get into the article. But I almost okay. wish it, like Taylor, he just wanted Taylor Swift to see him eating a hot dog in the crowd. So he's like, she didn't see that one. Let's go back for number three. Mm. Michael Mar. Our Marmora sent this in. Thank you, Michael Marmora. Very cool name. Um, this was in Yahoo News, written by the best hot dog writer there's ever been. <laughs> also, yeah. This is such a funny idea. 
And he's just like, well, I want Taylor Swift to notice me. So I'm going to do the thing that she definitely will think is weird to constantly be eating hot dogs at her show. She's going to be like, that dude's gross. He's been eating hot dogs for two hours. <laughs> yeah. I looked into it. I confirmed this on a few sites. Oh, um, good. This but, had to be confirmed. I'm happy yes. we're not just spreading lies. Uh, that's how famous she is, too. Taylor Swift is so successful that someone can eat nine hot dogs at her concert and get news coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Uh, written by Grace Eliza Goodwin, who is the best in the biz when it comes to eating tube steaks at concert news. <laughs> Do you know, I'm so sorry, I keep interrupting. I don't but care. It's the podcast. <laughs> my, uh, my, this guy I would go camping with, uh, who, uh, who used to be my English high school teacher, he told us all once, and I was like, what are we having for dinner tonight, Joe? And Joe just said, over email, he's got, we're get, we got some tube steaks, kids. And I had never heard that before, and I showed up mouth-watering, ready for some type of steak that's yeah. like wrapped up in a tube. T-bone. Yeah. Wait, I feel like I still don't know what a tube steak is. It's a hot it's, dog. It's oh. A hot dog. <laughs> oh, that does sound so it's much better. Dog. Why do they call it Doesn't that? Doesn't it? I mean, I guess it's like a yeah. tube or something. Ugh, man, what a ripoff. Yeah, I was what? very bummed uh, out. Rip off. <laughs> also, they taste delicious. Uh, a Taylor Swift fan who ate a hot dog at her concert to celebrate each of her eras performed at the show, nine in total. Oh, so maybe it's part of the show. She does not okay. That's There we go. Says he, quote, definitely did not feel great, end quote, afterward. Patrick Moran filmed himself eating a hot dog to commemorate each of her nine eras, uh, which has been selling out stadiums across the country since it began in March. Moran says he purchased all of the hot dogs before Swift set started, <laughs> costing him $52.65. Also cheaper than I would have guessed for cheaper nine. Yeah, than I right? Expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How much is a Dodger dog? Um, like, I think the cheapest ones are eight. I right? think the expensive ones are 11, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Wait, where was this concert? Did you say where this concert was? This concert was... There's got to be some Akron stuff. Yeah, Midwest. Uh, Foxborough, Mass. Oh, it was in Massachusetts. Mm. So it was where the Patriots play football. No, yeah. So I think that's kind of near Rhode Island. Okay. Anywho... Um, the first few hot dogs definitely made the show better, he said. <laughs> like having shots or something? <laughs> it's like it's Maybe like it's, drink, it's like cocktails. At first you're drinking, everything's better. It's like having a few <laughs> yeah. like spliffs or something. Yeah. And then and then the then ninth one rolls around. <laughs> <laughs> then around the folklore era, I'd say my experience started declining. <laughs> but those are also like slow songs. So I sat for a bit to digest, and she played Red as a secret song. So I shot back to my feet. This, oh, this he was person, dancing, too. Mm, that's the kicker. Dancing and eating. Also still holding... F- <laughs> At this point, five hot dogs somehow. Ah, good point. So at first, the the show starts and he's he's standing, (laughs) holding, cradling eight hot dogs and eating one while the show starts. And also filming himself. (laughs) He must have had like pockets. He must have had a ton of pockets that he had all the hot dogs in. Maybe a necklace. Yeah. <laughs> like a bandolero or whatever. Uh, oh, I love a bandolero where it just goes across his chest all in all nine hot dogs. Yeah, or like oh, one of those man. trench coats like in New York and you open it and you're like selling water yeah, yeah. and stuff. 
<laughs> yeah, does anybody still do that? I feel like I you could do that, that in hipster neighborhoods and sell watches right now. If yep. you had like Casio watches, I feel like you could be like 10 bucks and people would be like, I will do this because it's funny. Does, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, Moran added, people around me were confused every time I got a new hot dog out. <laughs> <laughs> He made this show so good for the people in his section. (laughs) He made this so much more than just a Taylor Swift concert. Um, By the time the final era of the show began, Moran said he was, quote, excited to eat the last dog. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, His TikTok video for May 21st show in Foxborough, Massachusetts has been viewed 1.7 million times. It's so interesting. This this happens so much, Navina. We... We get these stories, and then they just start talking about TikTok or Instagram at the end. Like, Mm. they run out of things to say about it, and they just go to... Here we go. So, TikTok, 1.7 million views since he posted it on Monday. Moran told told the paper that he got the idea for the stunt after he saw a girl on TikTok (laughs) wondering whether there would be hot dogs for sale at the stadium. (laughs) So, you know, really valuable information. And then he said, I've got an even better idea. But the arena's hot dogs weren't the best, he said. The hot dog to bun ratio was all off. Ooh. And you know what? Patrick's right. There is so much bread on these hot dogs. They are like Oh, you've watched rolls. the video. Oh, of course. Mm. I watched it multiple times. I watched it nine times. <laughs> One for each delicious dog. Um, this is when it gets so funny for me. Quote, I definitely did not feel great, Moran said when he asked uh, asked how he felt afterward. I feel relatively experienced with hot dog consumption, and I think if I did it again with regular hot dogs and regular buns, I'd feel okay. <laughs> Overall, he added, a good experience. <laughs> Overall, a experience. Just, he had a good time, you know. Wow. That makes me so. Have you ever looked out in the crowd and just seen some behavior that you went, "What the hell is going on out there?" Oh, all the time. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a particular time. I'm sure they all blend together too. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen anybody like eating a hot dog for every song or anything similar to that. Um, not yet. <laughs> not yet. No, I don't know what people are doing at home when they're listening to MBE. Though, <laughs> actually, like we do have a listener that sends us photos of her breakfast that she's making every morning, and it's like really weird faces with like ketchup and eggs. Um, we have a lot of uh, food sending at our way as well. It's do a you? thing. It's in, that's an interesting. What is, wait, what's the food sending on your end? Like, what do you guys get? Just people being like, I'm eating this. And <laughs> here's this picture. meal. Here's is it like right banana now. heavy? Like the stuff that they send? Like, no. Who's the same with no, not usually. No. No, just, just, just sharing. Sharing it's that they're out sharing. there and still eating. They're still out there. They got plates and they're still eating. And you know what? Keep it coming, Bananimals. We don't care. We might not write yum every time, but we'll tap a like. You'll get a little heart on that plate of food that without context. That is so interesting. People are fascinating. People are uh, fascinating. Yeah, it's the, it's interesting, like, the things that people narrow in on being annoyed by, too. Um, mm-hmm. Someone uh, recently, like, emailed me, and they were like, every time you say the word singer, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, and they were, like, Lord. telling me how to pronounce the word singer. Singer. I don't even know how to say it now. I now yeah, now you're time. freaking yourself Singer. Yeah, yeah. Singer. Singer. I say it differently every time. Um <laughs> I have a friend who says thanks as thanks. So oh. it was like a th- at the beginning. And when he was starting out as an actor, he would go to auditions for commercials. And a lot of commercials will be like, you know, here's your <laughs> McDonald's. And he goes, thanks. 
And he said casting directors were like, can you try it again? I think you just kind of like flubbed the beginning. And he's like, I say thanks. And they were like, no, say thanks. And he's like, I literally cannot say it. And he said multiple times people were like, all right, man, see ya. And they (gasps) thought it was like a bit, but he just says thanks. Oh, no. It like ruined his chances, it sounds like. Just one little thing like that. Dang. I guess it could be important, huh? Maybe I you should work on it. You could practice it. Yeah. I might be so much further in life right now and not even know it. But you are a singer, so you say what you want That's to say. That's what I'm saying. You're, you're, you're representing yourself. <laughs> Do you ever, are, are you ever recognized on the streets of Los Angeles for your voice, like once you start talking? Uh, that's happened to me a few times, um, but not as much as I would like it to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a nice restaurant and you're the hostess. Interesting hosting. Hmm. Hmm. I I know I should add more like, oh. Appetizers. These sound good early (laughs) in the morning. I was trying to make uh, online reservations, but I thought maybe I'd call and say (laughs) I need reservations. I love an eclectic restaurant <laughs> and uh, from 9 a.m. to noon is when I really get hungry and start thinking about where I want to eat. That's a good voice. You have a yeah. great voice. I am um, I am never recognized and I was I was on the but I was recently I was on the phone with Quest Diagnostics mm. because Quest Diagnostics has been for has been threatening me to charge me $600 to them that I do not owe them. Yes. And they've been doing it for a year. So every month, they send me a letter that says they're going to send me to collections, and I call them Mm. and say, you still have not sent this to my insurance. And they say, okay, they will. (coughs) Ignore that letter. Mm. And then they don't. And then they send one month later, they'll send me a collections. (laughs) We're going to send this to collections and then I have to call. So I've called multiple times. I've spent on on the phone with them for, I don't know, six, seven hours at this point this year. And and so I call this last time and the guy's like, are you Kurt Brownell? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I just watched your special. I really liked it. He's like, I'm so sorry about this, man. I'll take care of this for you. And I was like, oh my God. Like, if you actually take care of this for me, like, this will be the best. I, I was not paid anything for that special. And this will be the biggest payout of my entire life. Right. I'd be so happy to not have to deal with Quest Dynasty. He's Big like, blood. I got you, no problem. And so one month goes by. And instead of sending me the letter telling me, that they're going to send me to collections. They simply just sent me to collections. (laughs) Oh, boy. They cut up the middleman. It got worse. They were like, they were like, he's famous. He can afford it. (laughs) I had to pay them. And then, because once it's sent to collections, there's no, like, you can't, like, argue with them about a charge. It's like a different company. So I had to pay them. That's a whole different quest. And so yeah, so that's what that's what uh that's what it works. That's what it comes out to is just getting recognized as you just get sent directly to collections wow. <laughs> instead of a warning first. Quest um, Diagnostics also sounds like something out of Terminator. Like it's like an apocalyptic company that <laughs> creating technology your DNA. to destroy us all. <laughs> yes. Yes, Quest Doesn't it, it does. Like it generic, very science it fiction. Does. <laughs> um, speaking of hot dogs, I, so when I first moved to LA, so probably 2012-ish, 2013-ish, I got invited to this actress's house. Her Ooh. name is Brittany. I won't say her last name, but she's Spears. very nice. as Brittany Spears, who's known for her <laughs> acting. And really good in Crossroads. And so it wasn't Brittany Spears. So I go over to a cookout. I get invited to a cookout. I took my good friend Allison Fields, who's been on the podcast. 
and a couple of the workaholics dudes were there and we were having fun. But we get there and she's like, hey, Scotty, can you build the grill? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, we bought a grill today, but so I start. So I get there, I start assembling a grill. That's the first thing that happens to me, first party in Los Angeles. Charcoal or gas? Charcoal. Weber grill. All right, a Weber God, grill, a lot not, easier not... to build. Exactly. But still out in the middle of the sun, middle of the day, don't know anybody else. So I, I you know, I look like a handyman. I look like I'm a task rabbit. <laughs> oh, no. And so I start drinking because it's hot. And so then she's like, Scotty, do you think you can get the charcoal going? And I'm like, sure, I'll get the charcoal going. It's fine. And so I'm drinking more. Allison's helping me. And then she's like, do you mind working the grill? And so at this point, I am just what? an employee at this party. And do I'm you like, mind working the grill at her party? Yeah. Working the grill means you don't get to hang out with anybody at all. No. So I'm getting tanked. Adam and Blake are getting tanked. Allison Fields, we're all getting hammered. And we decide that we're going to stand by the grill and we're just going to have our own party. We're going to do our own thing. And like after three or four hours of grilling, also it was like everybody, they gave me a huge box of veggie dogs. And everybody kept asking if we had regular hot dogs. <laughs> and I didn't buy the meat. I mean, I guess I should have been ordered to buy the meat like in a text before I showed up. So I'm like, no, sorry, this is what we have. So everybody's like not wanting to eat those. And now we're just tanked. Now, I mean, we're so drunk at this point, sun shining. I don't know anybody. It's like a real who's who of Hollywood, but I don't know these people. And this one uh, woman comes over and she's just looking at the grill. And I'm like, hey, do you want anything? And she's like, uh, ew, no, I don't <laughs> want any of this. And so Allison, to be polite, asks how she knows the woman that's hosting the party. She goes, how do you know Brittany? And the woman looks at Allison and goes, I'm Miss Universe. <laughs> so I'm so drunk at defending my friend and also annoyed by her general disposition. So I go, oh, so you know everybody in the whole universe? <laughs> and she's like, no. And then walks away. And the owner, the host, or the, comes over and she goes, thank you so much. She is the worst. <laughs> So then I Google her on the Uber home, and it was Miss Universe. It was the woman that had won Miss Universe the year before. And so the answer to how do you know Britney was, I'm Miss Universe. (laughs) Such a fucking weird thing to say to three people laughing at a grill. Your response was so valid. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so you know everybody in the whole universe. How do like you become Miss Universe? Do you have to become Miss America and then battle mm. all the other countries? No, first you have to become uh, Miss whatever your town is. Then your state. Yeah. Then America. <laughs> then the Miss region. Town. Miss state. <laughs> Miss, Miss region. <laughs> I just think it's international. I think it's every okay. country. And I looked, uh, I remembered her. I remembered this person and I looked her up and it was definitely her. It was, I just looked her up today and definitely her. She won in 2012. Wow. And very beautiful, but very odd way of carrying yourself at a cookout. <laughs> wow. Did you guys see that recent um, string of clips where it was like all of the people from the different countries, the Miss so and so's? saying their own names at the Miss yes. Universe competition. It's like, yes. France! And <laughs> France! <laughs> so good. Yeah, Brazil! So good. I can only imagine that it was in a very large space, so everyone mm. thought screaming was like necessary, but then once you put that on TV, it looks really crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel right. like I'm doing right now. Like I feel like I'm screaming. 
No. No. Okay, good. Great. You sound like the songbird of our generation. No, I'm constantly screaming, so you're okay. Here, I'll I'll tease us into a break. Here we go. Uh, Here's my second whale story. Orca orca attacks on boats may be fueled by revenge. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This This is a pretty amazing story. And we'll be with it right after this. Killer. Folks, we are back. Scotty, got any shout outs? For quickies, Nikki Orabal sent this back in January and I missed it on her email. So I'm sorry about that, Nikki. But she wants to shout out Chad. I believe that's her partner who hit three years of sobriety in March. He stopped Congrats. drinking after the Great Quar. Nice Nikki work. joined him at some point and we're both so happy for you. Curdy B, Woo. we support sobriety just because we're drinkers doesn't mean we don't think that it's a great decision for a mm-hmm. lot of people. Congrats and keep going, y'all. Sorry it was so late. Sophia Torres wants to shout out Sydney. She's a new bananimal, and more importantly, a new mom. I believe the baby's name is Jasper, which is a great mm. name for a baby. Yay. Um, and apparently, Sydney is the most thoughtful human Sophia has ever met. So that will, that bides well for being a mother, I believe. Uh, Lindsay Goodine, or Goodine, wants to shout out Stephanie Finer Peck. Great name. And her wife, Lauren, for having a beautiful baby boy. Congratulations, Stephanie and Lauren. That's wonderful news. And last but not least, Lauren Scotty, S-C-O-T-T-I, wants to shout out her husband who hates podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Lauren tricked her nameless husband that she did not name into listening to Bananas by saying, hey, want to hear something bananas? And he said, sure. Then she turned on an episode and he laughed and said, well played. By the end of that episode, he said, I actually like these guys. They're pretty funny. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We got them. So she says, uh, Curdy and Scott, I feel like you're my silly older brothers who cheer me up when I'm down. Lots of love, Scotty with an I. We're glad to have you. We're glad to have all the Bananimals. Thank you. And of course, we are here with the wonderful Novena mm. Carmel. Novena, um, what is the one thing, since you started hosting Morning Becomes Eclectic, what's the one thing that's surprised you the most? Whether it's affected your life or any, any, anything that you're like, oh, well, I didn't expect host, uh, hosting a, a morning NPR music program that this would be something that came out of it. Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, uh, the most surprising. Or even what is like... Um, what are you enjoying about it the most? I'm just enjoying, I feel like I'm becoming even more a, a part of the Los Angeles community. You know, I was here mm-hmm. living, doing my own thing of course. since 2000. And now it's like, I'm really connecting to my people. Like, there's people that listen from all over LA and they're just like, so supportive of what we do and chiming in in different ways. Um, and it's kind of, it's it was kind of weird at first because it's like, is anybody listening? Like, I know in theory people are right. listening, but is anybody listening? Because I went from like DJing parties and performing in front of people and you see the people right there. 
And you get the instant feedback, which kind of helps you decide what you're going to play next or how you're going to move next. And just being there and not getting instant feedback is a trip. And it's like, you know, you can be like, oh, I'm going to put this amazing set together and this song and this song and this song and the internet's going to blow up and like crickets. (laughs) (laughs) And then you play something that's like naughty, you're not even thinking about. And then all these people, you know, DM you that are just like, oh, my God, this, this and that. Or you see somebody out months later and they're like, when you did that, that, that. So it's such an interesting um, time lapse of interaction being there and then how you interact with people. Um, But it's really great for the most part. Like people are just so sweet and encouraging and it it never gets old because every day I'm like, I totally fucked this up. And, or, you know, I have the potential. Sorry, I don't know if I'm supposed to curse, but. um, You you can can curse curse all you want. Because I can't curse on the fucking radio. But yeah, like just just having it, it is uh, interesting to see how consistently like getting positive feedback does feed your energy and um, and your like confidence and even helps you come up with new ideas of what to do. I mean, there's people that have really good taste that listen to that put me on to stuff all the time. Or, or oh, that's cool. as far as music or even like the history of something, you know, like, oh, did you know uh-huh. so-and-so originally wrote this song and this person was playing bass on it and then I get to wow. say it on the radio and sound like I'm the smart one. That's yeah. right. Like Al- you have Alex Trebek syndrome where you're just like, you didn't know that answer, Alex. <laughs> Rest in peace. He was great at his job. Yes. So it's Do been really know, great. You know who Gallagher is, that comedian? Yes. That, that used to smash watermelons? Yes. Do you think Steve Aoki is the millennial Gallagher? Oh, my God. Does he smash things? He throws sheet cakes at people in the front row. Oh. I'm not really, like, tapped into the Steve Aoki live performance uh, That's a circuit. Yes. So, okay, we're all in agreement that Steve Aoki is millennial Gallagher. That's all I need. All I need is for Steve Aoki to sell his act to his brother, and they call it Steve Aoki 2. And then the full cycle will be complete. Do you know Gallagher did that at one time? Gallagher 2, yeah. Yeah, he sold his act to his brother, and he was Gallagher 2, and so Gallagher 2 would go around it. And then he sued his brother because he wanted to be Gallagher again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Steve Aoki, balls in your court, dude. Your sister's pretty talented. I bet (laughs) she can throw a sheet cake at people who are on drugs. You heard it here first, folks. Have you been at a Steve Steve Aoki show before and that's happened? Yes. You have? (laughs) Yeah, he was the, when I wrote the MTV movie and TV awards back in 2017, he was the after party host. And we didn't know that, or uh, DJ, Susie. And so halfway through the show, he points at Adam, who was hosting, and he just starts mouthing after party, after party. And Adam's like, I think Steve Aoki wants to fight me or something. (laughs) We were cracking up. And then we go. And Steve Aoki's DJing, and that crowd was going wild. And then, yeah, at some point, he played some like, um, God, what's that song? Oh, he smelled like uh, smells like Teen Spirit, like Steve Aoki mashup. And he <laughs> threw two cakes out the crowd, and people, it was like the Pope hit him with holy water. They were like, "Yes, <laughs> I'm covered in cake for the rest That's of the so night." Crazy. <laughs> yeah. I was recently revisiting. Um, in lieu of Tina Turner passing away, she was in this film called Tommy. Best. Did you ever see Tommy? Uh-huh. Of course. No. <laughs> and the, the woman just like covered in beans that's spewing yes. out of the television. 
And then yeah, it starts, the and then it changes color and starts looking like scat. And do you have, have you seen it, Kurt? No. Oh, Tommy. you have to see it. It's so crazy. And it was only yeah. rated PG, by the way. Different wow. time. The 70s, time, everything yeah. was PG. It's wild what was PG in the 70s. Yeah. They really um, did. Like in all like the teen comedies, there was like tons of nudity. It was always so strange. Very weird. <laughs> nudity is so strange. <laughs> but like nudity in a, a comedy fan. is so strange because it's like, it's the antithesis of comedy. Like uh, arousal is the antithesis of comedy in some um, way. Um, right. It distracts so like, you. It, right. Yeah, it's like a, it's a dismissal. It, it's like a they just don't make any sense together other than right. the fact that at that time those comedies were made by men. And that was it. That's like the only connection. Hmm. Well, yeah. And when Kurt and I were in New York and we just got sent this article this week by a bunch of people that was about it was like ever bombed as a stand up ever bombed while naked. And so there's like these shows yes. that are stand ups go and do fully naked stand up open mics or sometimes they have material. They've been doing but, it for 25 years in New York. Oh, wow. And every yeah. time I went, which was two times, <laughs> uh, you didn't really laugh because <laughs> It was so, it wasn't that it was arousing. It was that it was like, it was so exposed that the, I guess comedy's supposed to surprise you all the time. And if you're looking at a person naked, that's the big surprise. That's Them the walking su- that, on the that's stage the surprise. is the surprise. But you know it's coming because it's advertised as naked comedy. So, like, it's not like two people came out in jeans and hoodies and then the third person came out fully naked and then you were like, oh, hell yeah. Mm. It's just like, I actually think it puts them behind the eight ball so much. That it's just like, all right. You can't recover. <laughs> yeah. That's some weird psychology stuff. Back. I wonder if it's different in like European countries where people are nude more often. Yeah. You know, because we're just like, we're kind of conservative here in the States. Yeah. yeah. As far as nudity yeah. goes. But old, you, old FKK in Germany, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the Freedom Kreutzen culture. That's where you're just, there's public parts that are sections are like, everybody could be naked. Yep. And sometimes <laughs> warthogs steal their laptops and run away with it. <laughs> that is true. That was, <laughs> was that what I was like? Yeah, that's that got to be a story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here it Hit is. Here it is, B, with the killer whales killing boats. Orca attacks on boats may be fueled by revenge. This was in Newsweek, so you know it's real. That's got to be real. I've heard it's of it. Written by Jess Thompson. Jess, Ooh. thank you so much. Best in the biz. Best in the whale biz. <laughs> Orcas so good at- keep slamming into boats off the Spanish coast, sinking <gasps> some of them, leading wow. researchers to believe they might be driven by a single revenge-bent female. Great. Three boats have been struck over the past few weeks in the Strait of Gibraltar. Gilbra- Gibraltar? Gibraltar. There you Lord. go. Strait of Gibraltar. <laughs> sinking Fine. two of them. The most recent attack occurred on May 4th and involved three orcas, eventually leading to the yacht sinking. Wow. Whoa. Wow. A yacht. They're so teaming they're up. Bashing. They're bashing into the bottom of it until it sinks. They're smart. Um, they're so smart. Well, they're so smart. Yeah. Researchers think that these increasing attacks may be due to the influence of a single female orca named White Gladys. Hell yeah, White Gladys. She better be all black or it's not interesting at all. (laughs) Who initiated the attacks. She may have caused the other orcas to learn from her behavior and follow suit. Previous attacks on boats have been occurring in the area since around 2020, but are increasing in frequency as reported by a 2022 study in the journal Marine Mammal Science. Quote, the orcas are doing this on purpose. Of course, we don't know the origin or the motivation, but defensive behavior based on trauma 
as the origin of all this gains more strength for us every day. Huh. Alfredo Lopez Fernandez, a biologist at the University of Aveiro in Portugal and a representative of the mm. Grupo de Trapajo Orca Atlantica, told Live Science. Cool. Lopez Fernandez suggested White Gladys may have been traumatized by a boat mm. in some manner, by a collision or perhaps an entanglement wow. with a fishing boat, leading her to lashing out at yachts. Cool. Quote, that traumatized orca is the one that started this behavior of physical contact with the boat, Lopez said. The other orcas may be copying her, inspiring the sudden spike in attacks. Orcas are incredibly social animals, often copying and learning behaviors from each other. They're highly intelligent, living in large groups, ten, between 10 and 20, with a complicated social matriarchy led by the eldest females. These older That's females so usually cool. live to around 50 years old, but sometimes mm. up to 80 years old. Ooh. Wow. That's all. Um, but quote: This is somebody saying this. This is quite unusual behavior, but these are intelligent animals, and they're capable of extensive play and also learned behavior. In the past, killer whales have, for example, worked in cooperation with humans on boats to hunt other whales during the whaling era. Fuck, hmm. what's so dark? Um, wow, isn't this totally. kind of what you want out of the ocean? Yes, so, yes. the ocean should be a scary place. Yes. Like, I, I don't care. We've overfished it. We've done a mill. There's too many boats and motors and whales getting hit by propellers. It's like, I'm okay with this. Team whale all I, the way. Yeah. Right? It's Team cool. whale. Sink a yacht? A in, yacht? In unison? It's yachts so are yacht. whack anyways. I'm done. Yachts are yacht, whack. Who, who owns yachts? People that exactly. we don't believe in and are not for the people. They're definitely exactly. not for the whales. They're not for the whales. Billionaires with yachts, sink them. Sink them, orcas. Sink them all. I'm surprised <laughs> this doesn't happen more often. They said this was unusual behavior uh, for the yeah. orcas, but like we're all up in their waters. Like they should, I hope they do this more. <laughs> yeah. And even if it's not revenge, even if White Gladys is just the funniest whale that's ever lived <laughs> and is just like, watch this. They will not see this coming. And then you everybody else what? just says, hack. I think you may be onto something because it's like when women do things, it's like Boom. they want to give it this like negative slant to it. But she yeah. may be just a great comedian, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Maybe she's just. Why has it got to be revenge? They're just trying to make this another revenge story. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's how I see it. But yeah, I want the ocean to be a scary place. Like I think it's more thrilling if there's sea monsters and things that come after you. Like we have legs, we don't have gills. We're <laughs> we're made for the earth. Let them do so their if thing. So the ocean's gonna kill us. Yeah, let them kill us. It's like we don't have to conquer everything. <laughs> it's good to be humbled. Exactly, especially by hyper intelligent. Giant, giant eating machines <laughs> that can easily kill great white sharks, just like eating yeah. grapes, like yeah. no problem. Mm. Scotty, give yeah. us another. I'm for it. Okay, I let's see which story do I want to do here. Novena, I'm going to give you a choice. Okay, between okay. Uh, true crime that'll keep you up at night forever, or a medical um, procedure that'll keep you up at night forever. Oh. Ooh, cringe. Ooh. Uh, medical procedure. Great. All right. <laughs> Stormy Camel sent this one, and Stormy is top tier. She is top shelf animal, sends in daily stories, yes. has gotten a lot on Stormy Campbell. I don't know, Kurt, Banana of the Week? Banana of the Week. What a name, Stormy too. Campbell. Yeah, great name. Stormy, Stormy. with an eye. 
Stormy Campbell, Banana of the Week, congratulations. Uh, how a man's hiccups were cured by a digital rectal massage. I'm interested. I'm this in. This is I fucking love <laughs> science, Kurt's favorite website. My favorite website. Kurt checks. Uh, oh, I heard some birds. Kurt, are still your birds? Yeah. Um, here we go. How a man's hiccups were cured by a digital rectal massage. <laughs> 1990, a 60-year-old man developed hiccups. Um that were followed a hospitalization for pancreatitis. Pancreatitis. The patient's persistent hiccups went on for days, despite moving Ooh. the tube that he had been intubated with. Uh, the efforts of the team to deal with them not working. Swallowing a teaspoon of granulated sugar. Stimulation of the posterior pharynx with a nasal catheter. Oh, man, these are all... Uh, oh, man, look, there's so many crazy words here. Um, there were digital eyeball pressure was performed. Ooh, so basically, God. this team is trying to terminate the hiccups with no success. A few things might stand out there, such as digital eyeball pressure, which is um, <laughs> <laughs> there's reasoning behind it. So intractable hiccups is an uncommon phenomenon probably mediated through the brainstem center. With the afferent limb, blah, 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 blah. They tried every way they could to get rid of these things. <laughs> After okay. two days of nonstop hiccuping. Kurt, oh you say your kids God. hiccup all the time. Yeah. The patient was still hiccuping more than ever. But fortunately for the patient, one doctor knew of a different way to get rid of their hiccups, a digital rectal massage. <laughs> Following the massage, the patient's hiccups stopped for several hours, then returned once more. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to anally massage me again, guys. Ooh, yeah, just faking it. Hick, hick, hick. Well, I got, I'll be in the corner. Where's my I'm harness? Up. I'm ready to go. Hick, hick. All right. He's coming in twice a week. I wish he wasn't smoking a cigarette. Uh, however, this doctor was not a quitter damn it digital rectal massage was attempted <laughs> again yes using yes. slow continuous circumferential oh, yeah. motion and the hiccups were terminated again immediately circumferential so in a circle so i wonder if this is interior or just on the outside of the butthole no that rectal means you're, you're in there you don't call it rectal when you're on top like on the all surface. right Right? It's inside. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's, this, I don't know how he's going all the way around. He's committed. He's that's how he's doing it. Some part. <laughs> I, you can see I'm doing a very upsetting Kurt's hand doing motion. some very upsetting two fingers. He assumed two fingers. I think I this did guy assume two fingers. Four fingers. Um, <laughs> this team of doctors had the advantage of knowledge that this technique might work. The first person to discover this medical tool or life hack, depending on how much you want to get rid of your hiccups, did not have that advantage. Dr. Uh -huh. Fessmeyer, Francis Fessmeyer, while attempting to stimulate the vagus nerve of his patient, remembered reading about another patient whose racing heartbeat was slowed after receiving a rectal massage. He mm. tried the same on his patient and found that it worked. Fessmeyer received the Nobel Prize for this case. <gasps> no, he For did. getting wow. in no. there. <laughs> this is amazing. Getting in there. <laughs> for getting in there on that, what I think is vagus nerve. It could be vagus, uh, an organ. No, a, or the, Nobel, the Nobel piece of ass prize. You dirty dog. And, and so this really answers the question for all of us. Quote, 
Mm. This is Dr. Fessmeyer, Nobel Prize winner for rubbing butts. An orgasm results in incredible stimulation of the vagus nerve, he said. From now on, I will be recommending sex culminating with orgasm as the cure-all for hiccups. So it's just an <laughs> orgasm? So like a, de- yeah, so a butt rub orgasm cures hiccups. So an anal orgasm, and it has to be an anal orgasm, or is just a normal orgasm <laughs> will work, I wonder. The incredible stimulation <laughs> of the vagus nerve, or vagus nerve, <laughs> or vagus nerve, but I think it's vagus nerve. Oh, man. I there love you go. This news. But animals, you know, news. if you have hiccups for a week, I can think of wow. worse ideas. <laughs> wish what? I picked uh, true crime. <laughs> <laughs> really makes you wish you could do. <laughs> I know. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. It's like, good to I know, though. I've you know, had hiccups in years, but when I have had hiccups, I'm like so mad about it. It drives mm. me nuts. I, I, I met a guy one time at a party and he said that he'd had hiccups for days. So, <sighs> and I'm the kind of person, like, if someone tells me that, I want to, like, help. Like, oh, maybe you should try now that I have yes. this information. Yeah. I'm afraid of what I'm going to say. Just let them know. Yeah. Yeah. I did this podcast. Like, there's, the, there's the doorknob. Here's some Vaseline. <laughs> get it, get to it, pal. Yeah, turn not, around. I'm not going to be the one. <laughs> Can you do it to yourself? <laughs> I guess oh yeah, so. of course. Probably. Hey, <laughs> of course. Live, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a free country. Last time I checked. Yeah, I'm looking up longest <laughs> hiccups ever. <laughs> um, American Charles longest Osborne. Long time. Like Sixty-eight years. Mm. No. He hiccuped from 1922 to 1990 (laughs) and has entered the Guinness Book of World Records for hiccuping for 68 years, an estimated 430 million hiccups. If this guy finds out, he he could have just had a a butt orgasm. Is he still out there? It would have been over. This is, he could be very. I feel like he hasn't just like coincidentally had a butt orgasm since. (laughs) You know what I mean? This yeah, is an don't. argument for being a little experimental, you know? This is I agree. That's right. If this guy are you kidding me? If I hiccup for one year, let alone sixty eight, I'd be sticking my fingers everywhere in my body till it stopped. Yeah. That like everywhere. wouldn't you just be like hundred percent we gotta try everything. <laughs> push every button. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well climb every push mountain. every button. <laughs> <laughs> Write a song about it. <laughs> Push every button, I think, is this, maybe the name of the episode. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much, Novina, for being here. <gasps> Thanks for having me. This was ridiculous. <laughs> Good. <laughs> the ultimate compliment. <laughs> and remember, you chose the butthole story. That's your right. choice. If it I'm going to add it to my resume. <laughs> Where can people find bio. you? Have anything you would like to plug, plug, plug? Hey, no, I mean, just turn, tune in, turn in to Morning Becomes Eclectic, 9 a.m. to noon on KCRW 89.9 in the L.A. area. There's also an app, which is so easy to use. Every time I show people the app, they're just shocked at how easy it is. You can listen mm-hmm. worldwide. There's cool. also a website, and you can listen wow. back to all the episodes. There's all kinds of cool content up there. That's where I am most of the time, so... um or you can find me, you know, directly, Novena Carmel on the socials. She's and, cool. And uh, out here in these streets, 
at a party yes. somewhere. <laughs> but leave her alone if you see her in the streets. Just say, I really like your voice. So keep walking. Don't embarrass her. No, you can come person. up. Just like, you know, know when the time is over to stop talking. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Where are you DJing next? Um, where am I DJing next? Actually, I really don't know. I don't have any... Okay. Um, thing I, we're going to be doing some like summer nights stuff yeah uh, kcrw summer nights is like the most fun thing you can do they're so, so fun yeah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i um mm-hmm. i don't know if it's been announced yet but i'll be doing one of okay. those and okay, um yeah just you know like come hang out with us in the morning and if you like what you hear donate to kcrw because we could show use it yeah. non-profit Boom. member supported <laughs> yes mm-hmm. love that right, thanks well, thank you so much thank you guys scotty and kurt it's been a pleasure Bananas. 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 Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstar. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas. Follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.